that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Just recently, I heard about a public school in Fairfax County, Virginia. Are, they're going to be teaching gender identity in the 7th through 12th grade. The Family Life Educational Lessons will teach about heterosexuals, homosexuals, bisexuals, and transgender, let me get this right, transgender identity. Now, this curriculum is not a part of the state law. It's not a part of the state school board. Uh, but the school boards have decided to add it against the will of the parents. And so children are going to be learning about same-sex and gay marriage in school starting in the 7th grade all the way through the 12th. Now, in Virginia, normally parents can opt out and they can say no we're not going to tolerate this nonsense but what they're trying to do is to move this the family life education they're trying to move that to an health issue and if it is moved over to an health issue parents could not opt out in the eighth grade get this in the eighth grade children will be discussing bill clinton's activity along with oral and anal sex in the eighth grade. With gender identity, they want to break down the definition of male and female so that no longer is it God created them male and female. It's simply one out of a hundred different genders depending on who you're talking to. Now, in a way, I know you can get angry at the public school system, but in a way, the public school systems have been blackmailed. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, they're sort of, they've got their hands tied behind their backs when I talk about they've been blackmailed. The Office of Civic Rights and the Department of Justice would see to it that all federal tax dollars would be pulled if they did not teach this gender identity. Now, you know, you have to realize what's going on. You have to realize what's going on. Now, I think I mentioned this before, Congress is already considering the Equality Act, and the Equality Act basically says if a man self-identifies as a woman, in other words, today he feels like a woman, he can go into the public restroom, restroom of the women's. He can go into the women's restroom if he self-identifies as a woman. They're, they're considering passing a law for this, that it's okay for a man who feels like a woman to go into the women's restroom, to use the women's restroom. Now again, you have to realize what's going on in our country. Now I am not one who has ever believed in conspiracy theories, but I do believe in the mother of all conspiracies. The mother of all conspiracies, and it is this. It's found in John 10 and verse 10. It says, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, Jesus says, but I have come that they might have life 
and that they might have it more abundantly. But notice, the thief comes. This is the grandmother of conspiracies right here. This is the one that, this is the being that rules all conspiracies. And this is the mother of conspiracy. And here is the agenda. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There is a thief. And that thief has come to steal your children's innocent, to, their innocence, to kill their spirit, and to destroy them. That's the bottom line. Now, understand, parents, I have my understanding of who this thief is. I know who this thief is. He's been around for influencing mankind for six, nearly 6,000 years. He was in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. But he is the great conspirator. So he is a thief that has come to steal your children's innocent, to kill their spirit, and to destroy them. That is the goal. You see, this diabolical spirit knows how to hit at the heart of the family. If he can destroy the family, everything else goes. We're not dealing with a dummy here. We're not dealing with an ignorant being here. We're dealing with an all-powerful diabolical spirit that has come that has an agenda to destroy the family system. Now in Hebrews 13 and verse 4 it says this. It says, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. You know, God created sex. Sex between husband and wife is a great thing. But sex was never, never meant to be exploited in the way that it has been today. It is not the school's responsibility to teach sex to your children. Period. I remember a song a long time ago. It was a country western song about and when we get behind closed door. Actually, it was a powerful song about intimacy, relationship between a husband and wife, what goes on behind closed door. Now, my point is that's where it's supposed to stay, behind closed door. It was never sex was never meant to be Exploit it where look at what I'm doing. You know, this is why pornography is such an evil, rotten, filthy sin. Because it takes something that is sacred. It takes something that God created that is holy and that is good, that is sex, and it makes it an unholy and unholy thing by proclaiming it, you know, by exploiting it to the whole world. Let me ask you a question, parents. What's the chance? If you've got a son, or if you've got a daughter for that matter, but if you've got a son, what's the chance of that son, that young boy, never coming across a pornography? It's slim to none. It's slim to none that your son, that you're trying to rear godly, that you're trying to teach morals to, it's a slim chance that he will never come across. That probability is very high that, yes, he's going to run across a pornographic image. That's the world in which we live. Now, children are to learn about sex from their parents, not in school, not in school. And when you think about it, it's the easiest subject in the world to teach. I mean, if you've got a few acres of land and you've got a dog or if you've got some cats, if you've got, you know, it's easy to teach, you know, how life reproduces itself. As a, you know, when my daughter was growing up, we had, we had 16 little kittens running around. Okay, it's easy to teach the subject of sex to your children. 
It's probably one of the easiest things you can do. Our daughter was homeschooled and we taught the anatomy of the, of the body. You know, we had workbooks and curriculums that we used that would show, okay, this is a penis, this is a vagina, this is how, you know, life comes together. And it was very simplistic. It was not, a, it's not a hard subject for you to teach your children. Now, the thing about this is, is this. God, when, when I think about the subject of oral and anal sex being taught, Bill Clinton's abomination, what he did in the White House, you know, what, being taught to our children in school, listen, God never created us to have a perverted desire towards sex. Let me explain this. When you go through puberty or when you went through puberty, you know, before puberty, you know, girls and boys, you know, they didn't hang out with one another. You know, we kept our distances from each other. But all of a sudden, when you go through puberty, all of a sudden the opposite sex is absolutely fascinating. They're girls are beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're pretty. They're, you know, they're desirable. And it's like a switch that is flipped at puberty where all of a sudden the opposite, it's a magical age when you think about it. It's a magical age where all of a sudden, wow, man, look at her. But when you go through that stage, when you went through that stage in your life, puberty that is, and all of a sudden that switch was flipped and you're looking at the opposite sex with absolute, you know, wonder, you didn't look at that young girl and say, I would really like to have anal sex with her. No. Or I would really like to have oral sex. No, those thoughts never cross your mind. Do you know why? Because we, God did not create us with a perverted desire towards sex. So how do we learn about sexual perversion? Well, you learn it from many different sources. You learn it from your peers. You love, learn it from the vulgarity out of men's mouths and women also but you know I've done construction work for a big part of my life and you know there are some men their whole mindset they never grow up they're like this from teenagers until the day they die but their whole worldview is that their worldview everything is a penis a buttock a breast a vagina a, a lips you know they're, they're, that's how they think and you gotta eliminate those vulgar people out of your life. If you're going to be a Christian, a real Christian, you got to eliminate a lot of people out of your life. You've got to separate a lot of people. You know, I don't have many friends. In fact, I don't even like the friends I have. So, you know, I'm not much of a people person, so I have no problem eliminating people out of my life. So how do we learn a perverted desire towards sex? Well, we're exposed to it through pornography. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, what's the chance of your young boy you're trying to rear in a godly fashion never coming across Internet pornography? We learn it from sexual perversion from pornography. What happens is we, internal, we see it, we internalize it, we dwell on it, on it, sexual perversion, and it becomes a part of who and what you are. It becomes a part of who and what you are. You see, there's a chemical process that takes place in the mind upon arousal, upon sexual arousal, that like fantasy or whatever, where epinephrine is secreted into the bloodstream and that image is locked in to your heart and mind. 
those vulgar images are locked in because of a chemical process that actually takes place in the body. Now, C.S. Lewis in the book Mere Christianity said, badness is only spoiled goodness. And his point was there had to first be something good and that good thing has been made bad. It's spoiled. So his point was this, what came first was normal, healthy sexuality. And the only way you can really understand it is to go back into shortly after puberty and realize the way God created you. He did not create you with perverted desires towards sex, is my point. So what came first was normal, healthy sexuality. And man has taken that normal, healthy sexuality and perverted it. Okay, that's what we've done as a country, as a nation. That's what you see in pornography. And these perverted behaviors, get this, are going to be taught to your children in public school in the seventh grade. Again, the enemy has come to steal your children's innocent, to kill their spirit, and to destroy them. That's what the thief has come to do. Now let's consider some statistics on sexual transmitted diseases here. I'll put these up on the screen here. It says STDs can be transferred between partners during oral sex. HIV can be passed through oral sex, although it's not likely. Gonorrhea, syphilis uh, are also able to be transmitted through oral sex. Ba bacteria and viral infection, hepatitis A, B, and C, can be spread through oral sex. Herpes, uh, the herpes simplex can, virus can be spread through oral sex. Also, some more uh, on STD statistics here, uh, facts about sexual transmitted diseases. It says the fragile nature of the anal tissues make it easy for STDs to enter into the bloodstream. Unprotected anal sex is one of the primary ways in which HIV is spread. Recent studies have linked anal sex to anal cancer. HPV is closely associated with anal cancer and is frequently spread through anal sex. Anal sex is clearly a dangerous form of sexual activities. Now, I once heard a story about in Africa, the nation of Africa, there was a, a, a National Geographic reporter went over there and he was interviewing one of these tribesmen over there in Africa. And he, he, he said, you know, we work hard all day, the tribesman is speaking. He says, we work hard all day. And he said, when we come home, there's not much to do. And, but sex, you know. And he said, yes, a man may have his wife, but he also has many partners also. And so in that nation, the spread of AIDS is like an epidemic. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy because there's no guidelines. There's no instructions that these people are given. In fact, in a lot of these soul-saving campaigns where they go over there and, and try to save souls, they give them half a Bible. Guess what half they give them? Well, the New Testament. And I guess they just say something like, yeah, I invite Jesus into my heart, you know, and then supposedly they're saved. But they don't give them the Old Testament and what the Bible says about sex. Okay, well, let's take a look at it. In Leviticus 18 and verse 6. Here is God's instruction book about sexual behavior. Leviticus 18 verse 6, it says, Never have sexual intercourse with anyone related to you by blood. I am the Lord. Never have sexual intercourse with your mother. She is your own mother. Never have sexual intercourse with her. And I'm reading from the God's Word translation because it reads a little bit more 
plain than the King James. Verse 8, never have sexual intercourse with your stepmother. She is related to you through your father. Verse 9, never have sexual intercourse with your stepsister. Whether she is your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, it makes no difference whether or not she was born in your house. Never have sexual intercourse with your granddaughter, wherein she is your son's daughter of your daughter's daughter, because she is related to you. Never have sexual intercourse, verse 11. Never have sexual intercourse with a daughter of your father and his wife. She is your own sister. Now, you've got to understand something. This is uh, dysfunctional family systems. This is often what goes on in dysfunctional family sick, uh, systems. There are secrets that are kept that no one, you know, uh, incest, uh, maybe the daughter was molested by a brother or a father. It's a secret that people take to their graves. And often, you know, it causes tremendous heartache and dysfunction in the family system because these secrets are never told. They're never gotten out in the open. And, of course, you can sort of understand why. No one wants to talk about this. But I, I sort of believe that there has to be a healing, that some of these secrets have to be, they have to be gotten out in the open. You know, and, you know people say, well, you, you can't tell that. Uh, it'll kill Grandma. If Grandma finds out, she'll kick the bucket. Well, we'll let Grandma kick the bucket. I mean, she's already been around a long time. Uh, you know, but this, sometimes these secrets need to be gotten out uh, in order to heal. What keeps a dysfunctional family system going is that all the secrets, you know, it stays secret. And so the behavior is just often repeated itself again and again and again. All right, Leviticus 18 and verse 12. Never have sexual intercourse with your father's sister. Verse 13, never have sexual intercourse with your mother's sister. Never have sexual intercourse with the wife of your father's brother. She too is your aunt. Uh, verse 15, never have sexual intercourse with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. Never have sexual intercourse with her. Never have sexual intercourse with your sister-in-law. She is your brother's wife. Never, verse 19, never have sexual intercourse with a woman while she is unclean during her monthly period. Verse 20, never have sexual intercourse with your neighbor's wife. I mean, here are instructions. And, you know, your neighbor's wife. I mean, it, it, never have sexual, don't fantasize, don't plan this, don't do that. You see, there are inside of us bugs that God, that, that can be, for better terminology, terminology, bugs inside of us that can be transferred back and forth between husband and wife and nothing happens. But when you start introducing multiple partners here, there, and yonder, these bugs mutate, they divide and conquer, and that's one of the things that causes a lot of these STDs that are going on. I mean, there's a reason God says don't commit adultery. There's a reason God says never have sexual intercourse with your neighbor's wife. Do you teach your children God's law? You know, Deuteronomy 11 and verse 19 says, And you shall teach them, your children, speaking of them, when they sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. God's law, you're supposed to teach your children the law of God. Yeah, that very thing that a lot of Christians say that's been abolished, nailed to the cross, done away with, Jesus fulfilled it, uh, he, he, he did all these things. You know, that, 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 yeah, that law is what you're supposed to be teaching to your children. Verse 22 of Leviticus 18, never have sexual intercourse with a man as with a woman. It's, a dis it's disgusting. And yes, yes, you can imagine. 
Uh, verse 23, never have sexual intercourse with an animal and become unclean with it. A woman must never offer herself to an animal for sexual intercourse. It is unnatural. Uh, what a classic understatement that is. It is unnatural. You know, I was looking at some life expectancy of the average American is 78 years old. Did you know the average uh, uh, expectancy of a porn star, someone in the porn business, is 37 years of age? That's their average life expectancy. It's similar to also some of the homosexual behaviors or people who are homosexuals. Their life expectancy is cut short by a good 20 years because of that kind of behavior. And so the average uh, life expectancy of a porn star is 37 years of age. Now let's talk about the sin of homosexuality for a moment here. Uh, because, you know, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, a lot of times we look at that story where God rained down fire from heaven and destroyed it. And we think, well, that must be the worst sin of all. Well, it's, it's, not, it, it's not so much that it was the worst sin. It was just the last sin that they justified before the jig was up. Let's take a look at Ezekiel 16 and verse 49. It says, Behold, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. So the first characteristic that led to this demise of this nation, it, it was not necessarily first homosexuality. First thing, it was pride. And pride says, I don't need you, God. I can get along just fine without you. Uh, look at what we have. That's, what, that's the attitude of pride. But then it says, they were also fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her. That sounds like a typical American, does it not? Young people sitting around on their, oh, I can't say that. Young people sitting around on their butts, wanting free stuff, wanting free college, you know. You know. Yeah, yeah, it sort of sounds like Americans, does it not? Uh, and then it says you didn't take care of the poor and needy. And, and listen, you don't take care of the poor and needy by giving them free stuff. You, it's like the saying, you teach a man how to fish instead of just giving him a whole pie, a bucket of fish, you know. Here, have this, you know. No, you teach him how to survive on his own. That's how you really help the poor and the needy. So these were the things that led to this Sodom and Gomorrah, their ultimate demise. In verse 50, it says, And they were haughty and committed abomination. Yes, referring to homosexuality before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. So my point is, homosexuality is not the worst sin. It's just the last sin that we accept and justify as a nation, which ought to make us shake in our shoes right now. The last sin, because we're on our way. We're on, it's the last sin that we justify and accept and legitimize as a nation. All right, I want to talk a little bit about desensitized hormones Male enhancement drugs for men in their 40s. Have you noticed this? You know, pharmaceutical companies do not spend this kind of money unless there are buyers out there. What, is, what did men do 100 years ago as far as erectile dysfunction? I mean, what did they do 100 years ago? What is going on with all of these, what I call young men, who can't seem to, I don't know, get aroused or whatever? Well, I'll tell you what I think is going on. It is in a, our society obsesses on sex. In other words, you would think a sexual-oriented society constantly obsessing on sex 
it, it doesn't produce men who can no longer get excited when it comes to sex. Or does it? You got to understand, you know, I mentioned the, the epinephrine upon arousal, these images, like when a man views pornography, these images are locked into the mind. A stamped impression is locked, an image is locked into the mind because epinephrine is, is secreted into the bloodstream and it locks the, upon arousal, and it locks those images into your mind. I think as men, we have so undisciplined, in an undisciplined fashion, taken this image, that, that woman, this woman, and that woman, you know, and we've actually become desensitized to this whole area of sexual, you know, I mean, something is going on. Something definitely, you know, not good is going on. Uh, it's, it's what I call a diabolical attack on intimacy and real love. It's what's going on with, you know, these, what I call desensitized hormones where these advertisements you know, are out there, you know, Viagra and this and that and other thing and erectile dysfunction and no one can get excited anymore. You gotta ask your question, what is going on? It is our society has led to this. It is a diabolical attack on intimacy and real love. Now I mentioned that chemical process that takes place, you know, the good news is when you make love to your wife, your mate, the same, chemical process takes place. It is the image of your wife, your mate, that you need to have locked into you. Not all these other images, and there can be a healing if you allow it to occur. If you have some discipline, if you control what your eye sees, you know, you can have a healing process by focusing on the love of your youth, the love of, of your mate, your wife. Focus only on her. So, a diabolical attack on intimacy and real love in the eighth grade, they will discuss, be discussing, your children will be discussing Bill Clinton's activity along with oral and anal sex. And I'm saying as parents, if we will not fight for our own purity, and it seems that's a losing battle in America, men and women, I guess, if we're not willing to fight for our own purity, then let's at least fight for our children's purity. What are the answers? Well, homeschooling is one answer. I mean, that's a sacrifice that I made many years ago, me and my wife made. It wasn't cheap, it wasn't easy. You gotta have a, a stay-home mom, yes. You gotta have that, the way God intended the family to be. But there's a thief, and the thief has come to steal your children's innocence, to kill their spirit and to destroy them. Today's children will never know what intimacy and real love is all about. They just won't, they will never know that. And I want to offer you something here in closing, a publication that we put out many years ago, Sexual Immorality. There is some, you know, if you need something to sort of fight back with, this is a good pu publication. Desensitized Hormones is one article. Today's uh, Fornication, Tomorrow's Murder, talking about abortion. A Woman's Chance at Motherhood, Second Chance at Motherhood. That's a powerful article right there. I'll send this to you free of charge. Uh, the Fool-Hearted Father. Uh, in Search of a Father's Love, Powerful in Pornography, A Woman's View of Pornography, History of Pornography, Is Homosexuality the Worst Sin of All? Uh, just a lot of great information. Lifestyles are not, are not a civil right and is there hope? I'll send that to you. It's a powerful publication, but it's entitled, you know, Crooked and Perverse Nation is the name of this magazine. Well, anyway, I got to go. I'm out of time. I'm David Freeman. And just reminding you that 
Yes, we do live in a crooked and perverse nation, and you have to fight for your children's purity. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.